بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله عز وجل وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته What we will try to do um, this afternoon is try to go over the different categories of different people um, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had outlined in the Qur'an uh, in terms of how do we deal uh, with them and what will be our alternatives for this group of people uh, again in terms of having uh, awliya or friends or uh, people who we should be uh, loyal to. And as time allows, we will talk about uh, some of the things that, will, uh, that we face in our life dealing uh, with these people uh, and try to answer uh, as many uh, as possible. I realize that the afternoon session is always uh, not the best one because people having, uh, after such a hearty and good meal, people will be sleepy. So don't even think of falling asleep because you will be asked about, uh, about it at the end. There will be a quiz. And those who fail, will, they'll know what will happen to them. Um, I will go over the... Remember yesterday in the introduction, we went over the reasons why wala and bara is very important. And we talked about the ayat and the ahadith to give us a backup um, uh, evidence uh, for all these. Uh, this afternoon, inshallah, I will go over the ayat again, which deals with some of the things that we talked about yesterday, but also many more things that are uh, connected. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in the Quran, بَشْرِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا أَلَّذِينَ يَتَّخِذُونَ الْكَافِرِينَ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِنْ دُونِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَيَبْتَغُونَ عِنْدَهُمُ الْعِزَّةِ فَإِنَّ الْعِزَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah what means that give tidings to the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, that they will have a severe punishment. The ones, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains who these munafiqeen are in the following ayah, the ones who will take the kafireen as their awliya or protectors or allies at the exclusion of the believers. Why do they do that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exclaims, and he knows the answer, but to challenge them and, try to, make, and to make them think, Do these people, the munafiqeen, ask for power and strength and dignity from the kafirin, asking for izzah, pride? Do they ask it and do they seek it in the kafirin? That's why they leave their own uh, believing brothers and sisters uh, and exclude them as their awliya, but they bypass them to the kafirin. Let them know, فَإِنَّ الْعِزَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا Let them know that the pride and the power and, and the capability and everything that goes with it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we were to seek it, we will seek it from Allah. If we wanted the izzah, we do not go to someone to make us stronger or make us more powerful. We should seek it only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He owns everything. It's, which means that in order for us to attain the izzah, this is really was our aim, then we should seek it from Allah. But how do we seek it from Allah? By sitting in our homes and just raising our hands and asking Allah, give us izzah, give us izzah. What it means is that we should seek it through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
in whatever will lead us to Allah Azza wa Jal. If we were living in the days of Rasulullah alayhi the Prophet is there. We will go to him. He's no longer with us except through his sunnah alayhi salatu wasalam. And what is also left are those people who follow this, the footsteps of Rasulullah alayhi salatu wasalam. Who are you? That is you and people like you, the believing men and women. So if one is to seek the izzah from Allah, seek it from Allah through this group. Through the people who share the same values and the same uh, ideals. And not go beyond them. In another uh, ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us again along the same theme which says لا يتخذ المؤمنون الكافرين أولياء من دون المؤمنين ومن يفعل ذلك فليس من الله في شيء إلا أن تتقوا منهم تقاء ويحذركم الله نفسه وإلى الله المصير which means that the believing men and women should not take the kafirin as their awliya again at the exclusion of the believing men and women and whosoever does that then Allah has nothing to do with him Except that you do that to protect yourself. That means you express it on the outside, but in your heart you really don't mean it because of circumstances. And Allah warns you himself. That means don't take this subject lightly. Don't think that you take a non-Muslim as your confidant and your friend, true friend, and you think that this is easy, it's okay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us it is not okay. وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسَهُ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرُ And indeed, everything shall return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we explained yesterday, what this ayah is telling us is that it is not fitting for a believing man and woman to do that. But some will say, but I know Muhammad, he does it. I know Abdullah, he does it. I know Mustafa, he has a good friend and ally who is an un-Muslim. And he's still, he comes to the masjid, and I see him pay his zakah, and he's even fast the month of Ramadan with us. How can you tell me that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these people are no longer believers? What we're seeing is that such individuals, first of all, it does not fit a mu'min, a believing man and woman to do that. And second, if such an individual does it, then the description of iman is gone. No longer these people are mu'mineen. They could be Muslims. See, they're not kafirs. They could be Muslims, but they are not believers. And we know that believers are higher than Muslims, the same way that muhsins, ihsan, is higher than uh, iman. So this is the way we understand uh, this ayah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a stern warning. That if some of you don't take this seriously and you think it's okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ فِي شَيْءٍ Whoever does that, then Allah has nothing to do with him. And as we mentioned yesterday, that means such individuals or such uh, people, uh, they are casted out of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with which they shall never enter the Jannah. Billah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that it only makes sense for any one of us who have mind, who can use it properly, is that if you have an enemy, you should treat him as an enemy. It does not make any sense that someone comes and tells you that I am your enemy, and then you treat him like a good friend. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًا إِنَّمَا يَدْعُ حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ Understand it as simple as this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the shaytan is your avowed enemy. 
this has to be understood. This is part of our creed. This is part of our aqidah. This is part of being a good Muslim and a good believing man and woman. That the shaitan is your enemy. Therefore, take him as an enemy. It only makes sense. Why? Because in Because the aim of the shaitan is only to call his people, those who follow him, to be of the people of the fire, of the blazing fire. Now, what sense would it make then for any one of us who we claim that we are believers, that we go to our enemy, the shaitan, and we'll say we are buddies, we are okay, we will have a truce with you, and that we have no animosity, uh, you are my enemy, fine, but I'm not your enemy. It just doesn't make any sense. Especially when you know that his aim, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, is to drag you to the blazing fire. And we all have to understand something, is that it never happened before, nor will it happen today or ever in the future. That the shaitan will come to you and say, Oh Muhammad, I'm Mr. Shaitan, this is my card, I'm here to deceive you. It just does not work that way. It will never happen. But the shaitan will come to you in a variety of ways and will drag you step after step after step after step. And these steps have to be known to us because this is part of our understanding also of al-wala and bara. If we do not know how the shaitan deceive you or all of us stepwise, then we can be an easy prey for the shaitan. So the shaitan will always come and make you a small, small simple mistake and make it look beautiful to you, then you master it. Then you come to a bigger, small mistake and you master it until you open your eyes and you see you have deviated more than 180 degrees. This is how it works. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to cut short all this for us and say, he is your adu, he is your enemy. Okay, don't be fooled by him. Take him as an enemy and the matter is settled. In another ayah, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to be aware of those people who do not share our uh, ideals and, and do not uh, follow uh, what we uh, believe in. When he tells us specifically, فَأَعْرِضْ عَمَّنْ تَوَلَّ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَلَمْ يُرِدْ إِلَّا الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا Stay away from the one who refused to remember us, that means remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mention him often, and did not want anything but the beauty and the glamour of this life. Because the two cannot go together as we, inshallah, expound on it uh, later, uh, shortly. That stay away from the one who his heart is made heedless of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does not remember Allah, never mentions Allah, does not even know Allah, and he refuses to accept Allah. Allah azza wa tells us, Stay away from such people because such people want nothing more than what is in this life. Which only makes sense. Because if one does not want Allah, then one will not even have any inclination to think, let alone want the hereafter. So what is left is only this life. And as you know, this life is the deception of the fools, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran. Then we see that Allah Azza wa deals with different categories of people who are non-Muslims according to who they are. Because while they're all in one camp, which is the camp of the people who don't believe in La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, as we should be believed in, but there are still different levels and different categories. Allah Azza wa deals specifically, for instance, with the people of the book. He said, وَلَنْ First of all, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّخِذُوا الْيَهُودَ وَالنَّصَارَ أَوْلِيَاءَ بَعْضُهُمْ 
أولياء بعض ومن يتولهم منكم فإنه منهم إن الله لا يهدي القوم الظالمين which means all you who believe do not take the Jews and the Christians as your awliya and I hope we know now what awliya means do not take them as awliya the reason for that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us he does not keep us in suspense and only to think why he tells us because they are awliya of one another they are awliya of one another they are not your awliya they never were they are not now they never will be and this is something for us to remember and never forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us they are not your awliya because their wala is only to one another they are friends and allies only of one another they are not your friends and they are not going to be your awliya but still we see that some of us will take them as awliya either they don't believe in the Quran or they take it lightly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses these people and tells them, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Anyone of you who claim to be Muslims and claim to be believers still take the Jews and the Christians as awliya, then he is one of them. And we say again, subhanallah, how come? My name is still Muhammad and Abdullah and Mustafa, and I still make five daily prayers, and I pay my zakat, and I go to, to, to Mecca, and I fast the month of Ramadan. How come you tell me that I am a Christian or a Jew? just because I took them as awliya. Well, we know that the Qur'an is interpreted by the Qur'an itself. We see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what this means in another part of the Qur'an, when he tells us, وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنْكَ الْيَهُودُ وَلَن نَصَارَ حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِلَّتَهُمْ Which means that neither the Jews nor the Christians will ever be satisfied with you until you follow their footsteps. Until you follow their footsteps. Now, Part of wala, as we said yesterday, is that there has to be love, and there has to be acceptance, and has to be um, a sense of a friendship and closeness. When you see that the Jews and Christians are satisfied with you, or they love you, because their satisfaction has to be uh, love with you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that when your relationship reaches that level, you really are no longer of the believing men and women. You became just like them. Because since they are satisfied with you, and since they will never be satisfied with you until you are like them, then you have become like them, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you say, regardless whether you realize it or not. And one might still have confusion about this and says, no, this does not happen. Will we say, yes, it does happen because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said so. How many people who will come to us and they look like Muslims, they act like Muslims, every other word, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah, Wallahu Akbar, you get so impressed with them. And yet when you look at their actions, because of their closeness and their allegiance to the Jews and the Christians, they are no different than them. And I don't need to name for you heads of states and governments of Muslim worlds who act even worse than the Jews and the Christians in treating the Muslims. Yet, come the Eid, they are in the first line. Comes the time of Hajj, they go for Hajj. Luxuriously, yes, but they are still in Hajj. And they will have people inviting them for iftar in their uh, tables, and they say, it's my own table, I'm feeding the people. They take it from the government, of course. But the, the fact remains is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not judge by what people claim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges people by what they say, by, by what they act. And these people are acting worse than the enemies of Islam. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that if you take the Jews in the 
Christians as your allies, as your awliya, then you are one of them, then we better believe it. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about a different category of people of the book who do certain things. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّخِذُوا الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا دِينَكُمْ هُزُوًا وَلَعِبًا مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَالْكُفَّارَ أَوْلِيَاءَ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ وَإِذَا نَادَيْتُمْ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ اتَّخَذُوهَا هُزُوًا وَلَعِبًا ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal tells us what means or you who believe do not take those people from among the people who were given the scriptures before you as well as the kuffar those who take your religion, your deen as fun and mockery or they mock you in your deen don't take them as allies and as awliya and fear Allah if you are or if you claim that you are believers and when you call for the salah these people will make fun of you because you're making salah. That is because these are people who are mindless. They have no minds to think or to uh, act by. Allah Azza wa Jal tells us about those who ridicule us in our deen. Whether they are the people of the book or whether they are kuffar, it makes no difference. Such people who ridicule our deen and the way we practice our deen, we have no business being allies with them. And there are many people who make fun of our deen. They make fun of the way we look, the way we grow our beards, the way we wear this taqiyah, or the way we wear the jilbab, or the way we make salat. You're fools, you just stand up, down, and you're bowing to whom? For something you don't see? I mean, you have a PhD degrees and you are very intelligent. Why would you do such a silly thing? They will accuse you of these things. These people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, are making fun of your deen. You have no business taking them as allies and as uh, protectors. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about a different group of people. And these are those who are our immediate families. But they are non-Muslims. Allah Azza wa Jal says, لا تجد قوما يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو إخوانهم أو عشيرتهم أولئك كتب في قلوبهم الإيمان وأيدهم بروح منه ويدخلهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه أولئك حزب الله ألا إن حزب الله هم المفلحون which means you do not see people who believe in Allah and believe in the last day that they will show friendship and show good relationship to those people who had shown animosity to Allah and his messenger even if these people were their fathers, their sons, their brethren, their own tribes, such people who will, make, will not take their relatives as a friends if they have against Allah, such people, Allah says, had prescribed or inscribed iman and faith in their hearts. And He will help them from a spirit from Him and will enter them gardens underneath which rivers will flow in which they will be living eternally. Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. These are Hezbollah. This is the party of Allah. Indeed, Hezbollah are those who are victorious. Let's make sure that we do not confuse this with Hezbollah in South Lebanon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that it doesn't matter 
if it was our fathers or our sons or our spouses or our brothers or our tribes, if they show animosity to Allah and His Messenger, we have no business having allegiance to them. As they showed animosity to Allah and His Messenger, then we will show them animosity too. And there are many examples uh, to this. Uh, in this. We know that Nuh, alayhi salam, his son did not believe in him. We know that Ibrahim, his father, did not believe in him. So there are examples, of, many examples that we know from history that these pious, great people, the believing men as well as women, who dissociated themselves from their own relatives when it came with la ilaha illallah uh, practice. And in another part of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us along the same lines, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّخِذُوا آبَاءَكُمْ وَإِخْوَانَكُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ إِنْ اسْتَحَبُوا الْكُفْرَ عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Which means, O oh you who believe, do not take your fathers and your brethren as awliya if your fathers and your brethren prefer kufr over iman, prefer disbelief over belief, and whosoever does that, then such people are valimun, are wicked and transgressors. Again, it doesn't matter if they are our own flesh and blood, if they prefer and if they practice kufr and they leave iman, then we have nothing to do with them in this regard. And I will elaborate more about what will be the relationship otherwise uh, shortly, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us about those who are avowed enemies of him, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَتَّخِذُوا عَدُوِّي وَعَدُوَّكُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ تُلْقُونَ إِلَيْهِمْ بِالْمَوَدَّةِ وَقَدْ كَفَرُوا بِمَا جَاءَكُمْ مِنَ الْحَقِّ إِلَىٰ آخِرِ الْآيَةِ That means that, O oh, you who believe, do not take my enemy and your enemy as awliya. That you will show them kindness and you will greet them every which time when they have totally rejected and have declared kufr in what was revealed to you of the truth. So that means the relationship between us and them is not going to be a relationship of mawadda, uh, respect and friendship and uh, uh, loving and caring. It has not, it should not be that kind. When they have declared animosity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger. Now one might ask and say that if you really go over all these different categories, it will make our life very difficult. That every single group we don't associate with this, we should stay away from that, and these people are not our friends. To exist in a society like the one we live in might be difficult or might be impossible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not ignore this fact. And He, Azza wa Jal, gave us an example by a human being who went through what all of us are going through right now, and even worse, and they persevered, and this is how they acted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about Ibrahim. قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ إِذْ قَالُوا لِقَوْمِهِمْ إِنَّا بُرَآءُ مِنْكُمْ وَمِمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ كَفَرْنَا بِكُمْ وَبَدَا بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ الْعَدَاوَةُ وَالْبَغْضَاءُ أَبَدًا حَتَّى تُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَحْدَهِ إلى آخر الآية. Which means, indeed, there was a great example to be followed in Ibrahim and his, those who believed with him. What did they do? When they stood up to their people and they said, we dissociate ourselves from you, we are no longer loyal to you, 
we have bara'a from you. We are on one side and you are on the other. As well as from anything that you worship. Because remember, the people of Ibrahim were idolaters. And we, we do not, we dissociate ourselves from you, our people, as well as anything that you worship other than Allah. We reject you. And indeed, animosity had become very obvious between us and you eternally, forever. Not temporarily, no truce. Eternally, forever, unless, unless you believe in Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Now remember that Ibrahim and the few who believed uh, with him were the, not only the minority, but the minute minority among their people. And there were no other people for them to go and seek refuge in. Yet, realizing this, they were willing to sacrifice all the comfort and all the hardship of dissociating themselves from their families and their people and their tribes for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they survived, and Allah azza wa jal saved them. So can any human being under the same circumstances. And indeed, we the Muslims now, we do not live the circumstances that Ibrahim and other prophets of Allah alayhim salatu wasalam had to endure. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned the people about choosing the wrong ally. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, la tattakhidu al-kafirina awliya'a min dunil mu'mineen aturiduna an taj'alu lillahi alaykum sultanan mubina. Or you who believe, do not take the kafirin as awliya' at the exclusion of the believing men and women. Do you want that you give Allah a proof against you in the day of judgment so that you'll be punished by it? And that is a obvious, open threat from Allah Azza wa Jal. Do not put, make yourself open in the day of judgment by practicing such a thing. Then who are the ones that we are to, to be friends with? And who are the ones that we really should be seeking? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, إِنَّمَا وَلِيُّكُمُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيَأْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَهُمْ رَاكِعُونَ وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَإِنَّ حِزْبَ اللَّهِ هُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ Again in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in these two ayat what means, Indeed, your wali, your ally, is Allah. Your wali is Allah, his messenger, and those who believed, the ones who perform salah and spend the zakah, and they are often making ruku' worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal, and whosoever takes Allah, his messenger, and the believers as allies, then indeed Hezbollah, the party of Allah, are the ones who are going to be victorious. I will just mention a couple of words about some of the description about the people whom we should seek allegiance with and friendship with. And at the end, there is going to be a clarification, which is very important to the topic. And that is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Kahf about some of the criteria that we choose our friends and our allies. وَاصْبُرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَةً وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا Which means, and push yourself to persevere, to be with those who invoke Allah day and night, seeking His pleasure, 
and do not let your eyes overlook them or bypass them seeking the glamour of this life and do not obey those whom we made their hearts heedless from our remembrance and followed their own desire and their final abode was a total and utter destruction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that when we choose our allies, we have to choose them on the basis of faith and not for any other basis. And that sometimes our desire will tell us that we like this group or this individual for reasons other than faith. Maybe they look better. Maybe they dress in a nice way. Maybe the perfume they use is very appealing. Maybe they are very rich. Maybe they live in a nice neighborhood. All these factors that sometimes some of us will take to use certain people as their allies or their awliya or close friends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that it should not be so. What you should seek is the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people who worship Allah azza wa jal. And take them as awliya, but sometimes they might not have the qualifications or the, they might not look so handsome because Allah Azza wa Jalla created them like that. They might not have the, the fanciest clothes or live in the best neighborhood, but yet they are decent, good Muslims. Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us, struggle, wasbir. Struggle against your own desire and be with such a group of people and do not bypass them, do not let your eyes bypass them and go to the kafirin and be their friends. It's a strongly worded uh, ayah. And if you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, then you are seeking nothing but the beauty and the glamour of this life. And anything that has the beauty and the glamour of this life will have to have an element of hawa, which is the personal desires. And this life, as well as the personal desire, will lead to nothing but to utter destruction. Now, the clarification that I would like uh, to mention, which is very important to understanding uh, this subject, is that when you say, don't take these as friends, don't take them as awliya, and they, you, since they are your enemy, then you should treat, it, treat them as your enemies, are you saying that every time we see someone who is a non-Muslim, our hands will be on the pistol, or at the hands of the sword, and as soon as we see someone, we'll try to hurt them, and if we see them walking by, we will abuse them verbally. And if they are our neighbors, we will break their windows. Is that what you're telling us? There is a distinction. And there is a difference between showing kindness and showing animosity and between showing kindness and also having wala uh, and bara. These have to be understood. The confusion lies in, in the beginning, again, between the word friendship or wilaya. And, and, and acquaintances. Remember what we alluded to yesterday uh, briefly, is that many people will confuse someone as being their friend with someone who is an acquaintance. They will say, I have this Christian and Jew, and he is very decent to me. He never hurt me, he even respects my deen, and he works decently, I never saw him lie, never see him, see him cheat, and yet you come and tell me that you should not take this individual as a willy. How come? What we should understand is that wala, first of all, such an individual is not necessarily your wali or your friend. He's an acquaintance. You know him. You know his name. You know who he is. Uh, you know where he lives. And he probably knows the same thing about you. 
but he is not a close friend. A friend means someone whom you know and he knows you, share the same values and ideals, especially La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And also you have no hesitation in having such a close relationship that your wealth is his and his wealth is yours and that you have no secret from him and you feel very comfortable with him and he does the same thing. This is wala. Not like the first case. You just know them, you work with them, you study with them and that's about the extent of it. Or they live next door to you. These people are acquaintances. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to know the distinction between the two. The other important distinction is that being kind does not necessarily mean that you have wala. Having kindness to the non-Muslims does not mean that you have wala to them. These are two separate things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we have to have kindness to our own blood and flesh relatives our own brothers from the same mother or father or the same mother or the same father, our own uh, parents, our own children, even if they are kuffar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we have to make sure we do not sever that relationship with them. That is kindness. But it is not wala. When it comes to la ilaha illallah, we don't even know these people. And I hope you understand the difference between the two because this, issue is very important to, to understanding wala and bara as well as uh, uh, practicing it. Another issue comes and that is when you tell us that these people are to be uh, treated as our enemies, what is the extent of our animosity that we should show them? You have two extremes. The extreme of the one that we gave you the example that every time you see one of them you try to hurt them actively. And the other extreme, you pretend as if they are not there or they are not bothering you at all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, because this subject is very important, deals with this issue and gives us the guidelines. He tells us in two ayat, لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم وتقصطوا إليهم إن الله يحب المقصطين إنما ينهاكم الله عن الذين يقاتلوكم في الدين وأخرجوكم من دياركم وظاهروا على إخراجكم أن تولوهم ومن يتولهم فأولئك هم الظالمون And this is really the crux of the matter and that is Allah Azza wa Jal says what means Allah does not forbid you to show kindness to those people who did not fight you in your deen and did not drive you out of your homes that he did, does not forbid you to be kind to them and be just to them. Indeed, Allah loves those who are just. But He forbids you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids you that you take as awliya those who fought you in your deen and drove you out of your homes and helped others. They conspired with others to drive you out of your homes that you should take them as awliya and whoever does that then indeed these are the valimun or the wicked ones. I say this and emphasize it again because sometimes we get confused. Sometimes because of our ignorance and sometimes because it fulfills some of our desires or try to shift the blame. The best example I can think of is the example of some of us who have an argument with their neighbor who happened to be either a Jew or a Christian. 
they fought because their children caused some noise, or maybe they turned the TV too high, or maybe he cut his own grass, or maybe the leaf from his tree fell on your... And then you ended up in a fight. And then the Muslim will come to the masjid. Did you see what my neighbor the Jew did to me? He did that to me because I'm a Muslim. Let's all of us go and burn his house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not say that. Allah Jal said that you show animosity to those who fought you in your deen. Not for personal relationship. Not because of your misconduct. If it was anything besides the deen, then you go ahead and deal with him on your own. You started the problem. You solve the problem. Do not involve Allah and his messenger in it. Do not involve the ayat of Allah Azza wa This issue is very important for us to realize. We have some lazy students who do not want to study hard, and comes the time of examination, they flunk. I flunk because my professor was Shapiro. You know, he's Schwartz, he's Jew. He did not want me to pass because I'm a Muslim. Which he knows it's a lie. And then he goes and propagates it and see these people are against us, the Muslims, because they are Jews, they are Christians. That is a lie. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is not so. The only time that you will show them animosity is that when they actively are against you because of your deen. They will come and tell you, you are a Muslim, you make salah five times a day, and I hate you for that. Now that is hatred in your deen. Or you are a Muslim, and I cannot stand that you live in a decent neighborhood, I'm going to burn your house so that you'll be out. Or I drive you from your land and I will occupy it. Now this is an active act of uh, animosity, so that then the ayah will apply. But anything short of that is not. When these people live in peace with us, be it they're our neighbors, our co-workers, our professors, or, or our fellow students, they don't cause us any harm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I do not forbid you to be kind to them. If they tell us good morning, we tell them good morning. We have no problem with that. If my neighbor sees me carrying two bags of groceries, and they are very heavy, and they come and take one of them and help me to go inside, I have no problem doing the same to him. If he helps me cut my own grass, I can do the same for him tomorrow. These, there are nothing wrong with that. He invited me for dinner, I will invite him. I have no problem with that. But the moment, La ilaha illallah, the moment La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah is violated, our deen becomes the issue, then that's when we'll show animosity. And I hope that this be understood when we talk about showing animosity and things of that nature. A couple few things, and I will conclude. It shouldn't take that long. And that is, again, dealing with the, with the kuffar. If they live among us or we live among them, that, you know, interacting with them is inevitable. I mean, you can't help it. You have to, especially when it comes to buying and selling and trading. Uh, there is nothing in Islam to tell us that we are forbidden from doing that. We buy from them and we sell to them, but there are restrictions. These restrictions is that our buying and selling should not strengthen them so that they will have the upper hand on over us. We should not do it in such a way that they will have more power over us. If any kind of a trade, buying or selling, will enable them to have the upper hand, we should not uh, do that. Unfortunately, uh, most of the sophisticated weapons that the enemies of Islam have, and they have used it against the Muslims in the recent history, were actually uh, invented, manufactured, and pro processed and improved by Muslims. 
some of them they claim practicing Muslims, but they don't realize the concept of wala uh, and uh, al-bara. Uh, one of the major things that we face uh, every year, once or twice, is about their uh, ayat, their celebrations. They have Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, and New Year, and all that. Uh, some of us have no hesitation go to their homes and say congratulations or Happy New Year or Merry Christmas or whatever. Uh, in Islam, we are not to be a part or encourage the, the ayat or the celebrations other than the Muslim celebration. Because in it, the scholar said, you are actually establishing part of their kufr. Because think of it. The ones who celebrate so-called the Christmas, what are they celebrating? They are celebrating the birth of a man whom they claim is their God. And in the process, they will have the cross. Then you go there and congratulate them. What you are doing is that affirming these myths and also affirming the commitment to the cross. Even though you didn't mean it. But that is the ultimate goal. Therefore, that should not be so. In it, also included, we should not help them in their celebration. What do I mean by that? If I have a hole like this, I will not rent it to them so that they will celebrate Christmas. If I sell greeting cards, I will not sell the Christmas greeting cards. I will not sell the items with which they will celebrate these particular uh, celebrations, which are celebrations of kufr. This is the extent of the uh, dealing with these uh, people in this uh, regard. Finally, and I'm sure there might be some other issues that will come up, is the matter of uh, greetings, yeah, saying salam alaikum and, and so on. Greetings are between Muslims. And when we talk about greetings, I'm, I'm referring here to salam alaikum. Now, there are other forms of greetings. Uh, while the subject of the greeting can take about an hour to talk about all the fiqh matter of it, but I can summarize it like this. Salamu alaikum is to be offered the word salamu alaikum. is to be offered to the Muslims. And when a Muslim tells you salamu alaikum, you are obliged to reply the least of which similar to it, better more than that. Alaikum salam, alaikum salam wa rahmatullah, alaikum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. When non-Muslims greet you with a salamu alaikum, if they ever do, this rarely happens here in this country. But if they ever do, simply you just reply wa alaikum. And that's it. This is the sunnah of Rasulullah Now, any other greetings does not fall into this category, the scholar said. Like someone comes and tells you good morning. Do I reply or don't I? Well, since it is not salamu alaykum, any other form of a greeting that is offered to us by the non-Muslims, we'll greet them the same way. They say good morning, good morning. Good evening, good evening. Goodbye, goodbye. Howdy, howdy. There is no problem with that. But when it comes to salamu alaykum, that is reserved for us. At the same token, it is improper. It is improper for us to greet one another with anything but assalamu alaikum. So, good morning, or raising the eyebrows like this, like this. None of these movements is only assalamu alaikum, and this is the greeting. So, and you know, we face this very often. Some people, some of us take it literally that if they greet you, you're only to say wa alaikum, but they tell me good morning. I mean, what, how do I say wa alaikum? It, it, so greetings other than salamu alaikum does not fall into the teachings of Rasulullah regarding saying salamu alaikum. So you can reply it with, with full extent as people are customary to it, but this is not to be done to the Muslims. A Muslim is not to be told good morning, but is told, uh, told assalamu alaikum. 
this is what I have, and uh, I hope I kept you all awake all this time. Jazakumullahu khairan. If there are any questions I can answer, I'll try. Yeah, the question is that, uh, is it permissible to have a letter of recommendation for purpose of employment from someone who is not a Muslim and probably then our wala to these people is zero. And there are those in the middle who have the element of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, but they have an infraction here and a deviation here, minor ones. These people, we will be there, we'll have wala to them in the things that they are good in la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, in the things that they are bad about it, we have bara' from them. But they are still in, belong to us. They are still belong to the Muslims from our camp the camp of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah the camp of awliya al-Rahman. Even though they might have minor deviations, they're not kuffar, unlike those who absolutely have nothing to do with La ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah So when you take this, you try then to apply it, you take this as a principle, then you apply it to the given situation that you have, because it will not always be the same. Right.